The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. The hospital and GP overcrowding we associate with winter is now becoming a year-round issue with hospitals and out-of-hours GP services in Munster seeing a surge in patient numbers. What's driving the surge? Can it be addressed in some sort of timely manner? Well, I'm joined on the line now by Kerry GP and South Dock Medical Director Dr Gary Stack. Gary, good morning. Morning, Pat. Morning to listeners. Uh, what, what is South Dock, just to explain to people who don't live in your region? South Dock is the out-of-hours GP service for Cork and Kerry. Okay, and how many doctors work that service? Uh, 510 members. And would they be normal GPs who Monday to Friday uh, have their own surgeries? Most of them are normal, I suppose. I hope so. Yes, that's correct, Pat. They, they would be working their own surgeries by day and working their own working out of hours then at weekends or, or in the evenings. Yeah. Um, why would they not just man up or person up their own surgeries? Well, they have done that, I suppose. They're, they, they're, there's an overall lack of GPs. There's a population growth of 30% in the last 10 years, accompanied by very little increase in, in GP numbers. 65%, sorry, 60% of, of the GPs are over 65. And um, many of those will have retired in, in the next few, few years. So that p- puts an increasing burden. Mm. Um, because, you know, there have been, uh, there has been, certainly in the urban areas, a growth in multiple doctor practices so that, they should be able to cover their weekends and their nights. You know, if you have six or seven or eight doctors in a practice, um, they should be able to do that. And the uh, advantage of that is that they have access to the practice files. They don't actually, Pat, no, they won't have access to the practice files after hours. They will have access to the out-of-hours GP files, uh, but they won't have have access to their own GP files out-of-hours. If they're their files, they're their files. They're, why, why wouldn't they have access to their own GP the files? System, the system isn't set up to accommodate that. We don't have, have a national uh, identity. No, but wouldn't they, you know, they, locally, couldn't they organise so that their computer, they can all log on. I'm going to see Mrs. O'Shea. Um, she's one of our patients. Chick, 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 chick. I'm on. I check out Mrs. O'Shea, the address, etc. I know I've got the right thing and I have her file before uh, I see her or talk to her. Um, it doesn't seem like rocket science to me. Well, it, uh, it is as yet, Pat, because you will have, if there are, in a, we normally have cells of GPs, so you would have 20, maybe 20 GPs in a cell who will be covering each other's patients. It would be quite a logistical thing to get all the patient records. And I know what patients would be happy to have all records available to all people at all times. Isn't that the, isn't that the plan going forward, a unique patient identifier? Yes, that's the plan going forward, but GPs are well used to seeing patients on a once-off basis, getting their past history, getting what needs to be done, and getting the patient seen and sorted within their 15-minute mm. slot. It does seem an incredibly time-consuming and redundant kind of thing to have to do, that instead of being able to access perhaps their own patient files, they're limited to what might be on this common file. Is that right, Gary? This yeah, out-of-hours GP pa- file, whatever that is. Pa- the, the, I mean, we, we are trained to go through a routine of when the patient presents, we get the patient's past history, we get their medications, we get their allergies, we get the presenting problem. How do you do that? Just by interrogation? Just by interrogation with the patient. And suppose and they're so seriously ill they cannot be interrogated? That, that, that is an emergency, and that is an emergency service. GPs are tasked with, with out-of-hours cares mm. for GP problems. 
Yeah, because it's just we're waiting for Sláinte Care when the unique patient identifier will come in and who will have access to that all GDPR and all the rest of it will have to be sorted. But presumably if you're a qualified medical practitioner and you're licensed to do out of ours, you will have access to all the patient records using the unique patient identifier. That would be the ideal, but even at the moment we are short of a thing called HealthLink. HealthLink enables us to do online referrals directly from our software that system isn't up and up, isn't up and running for all areas and is a mm. huge issue for us from the point of view in, in even yeah. primary care, referring to other primary care providers. Because we do seem to have a crisis, as you say, the numbers of GPs declining as p- people approach retirement and not being replaced and the ageing population, a, a bigger patient demand. If it's a crisis, you'd imagine that a crisis action would be taken to, to accelerate all of this. We would expect so, and that's what we are calling for the, the health thing because it's quite important from our point of view to, to access other primary care services without the hospital involvement. Mm. Uh, and that is, that, is, that, is, that is, someone is blocking that nationwide. I don't know what the story is, but we need, we need to get that rolling out properly so that yeah. we can access services properly. Yeah. It, it seems to me that we already have a unique patient identifier in the PPS number. I mean, there's only one PPS number per person, unless you're trying to, you know, get the dole twice, yes. in which case you're a criminal anyway. Yes. Um, so why is there a reluctance, do you think, to use the PPS as a way of ensuring that Mrs. O'Shea is indeed Mrs. O'Shea? That's not a question that I can answer for you, Pat, I'm afraid. Okay, now, you were predicting that there would be a surge, uh, typically over um, a weekend like St. Patrick's weekend, and, you know, it it converged with um, celebrations over sport and all the rest of it. Did that surge materialise? Well, I suppose the the surge that we expected materialised, we we catered for the surge that was expected as a kind of a standard bank holiday weekend. However, all figures are overall up. 10% 10% this year compared with the same period of last year, compared January until now. And that last year's figure in total was almost 5% up in 2019. Okay, um, it, it looks scary like, you know, the system cannot hold. Something has got to be done. And then it's compounded when you do manage to see the patients and you want to prescribe, you know, you've diagnosed blood pressure and someone might be in danger of a stroke. You want to get that blood pressure down. That blood pressure medicine may not be available. Well, there's one particular blood pressure medication, lyricanidipine, that we were informed last week is not available. Um, similar happens with, with there's a particular antibiotic we used in children, liquid, liquid formulation of, of phenoxymethyl penicillin, uh, not available, and it could be available next week and gone again the following week, so it is quite unpredictable yeah. as to what's, what's available and what's not available. What would you normally prescribe that for in children? Use it for, for uh, tonsillitis or you'd use it for scarlet fever. Mm. So do you have alternatives? If a child comes in with either of those two conditions, what's your alternative? You, I suppose any alternatives will be less than the ideal. They won't be your first mm. choice. So you would, amoxicillin would be the next choice if, if that is not available. Uh, or in an older child, they may be able to take the, the tablet version as opposed to the liquid version. Yeah. Now, uh, patients on the GMS, uh, we know that even some over-the-counter medicines they would get on prescription because it is the GMS on the medical card. Um, so are you seeing a problem with that, that p- patients are coming to you to get something that... Uh, you know, would be available to them free, but only on prescription, whereas someone with resources can go in and pay money over the counter for the self-same medicine. Wouldn't see that as a huge issue, Pat. Uh, I think most uh, over-the-counter medicines, patients will go and get them themselves. Okay, it hasn't uh, turned out to be a a huge issue because, you know, the the pharmacists are talking about, um, uh, you know, allowing them more discretion than they currently have in that regard. 
Yeah, that's possible. But I mean, a lot of it is, is cough medicine and so on, which GPs generally wouldn't wouldn't prescribe. Honey is is is, is as effective as many of them, um, and that can be got over the counter in the pharma, in the supermarket rather than in the pharmacy. So that that we wouldn't see that as an issue in general practice. All right. So what needs to be done, given the the range of problems, and mostly it's an undersupply of GPs, uh, an oversupply of patients, if you like, and an aging population, what needs to happen, Gary? I suppose we need to get rid of the political own goals of offering free, so-called free GP cards. Um, There's been a significant increase, about 27% increase in visitation of the under sixes. Now they're talking about the six to nine-year-olds. Uh, that would require an extra over 600,000 consultations a year. You'd need an extra 120 GPs to handle those figures. So I think we need to, at the moment, until we have sufficient resources, i.e. sufficient GP numbers, I think we need to get rid of the political decisions. Okay, you're saying these are populist decisions um, that are being made, putting undue pressure on GPs? It It is reducing appointments available to patients who are vulnerable. Yeah. So have you seen a lot of this overuse of the uh, under six GP card by kids who are not really that sick? When the when the under sixes came in, there was in the, the following 12 months, there was a 27 percent increase in, in our out of hours figures for under sixes. And did you kind of throw your eyes up to heaven? Oh, here's another one. Another child who's not sick. Well, I suppose that is the concern. I mean, you, you were at some stage you were alleviating parent concerns, and that is fine. And there are always sick, sick children. It's trying to, to decide who is sick and who isn't mm. sick. But uh, I don't think children got 27% sicker in the course of 12 months. Okay, so parents are... It's, it's what you might call the worried well. That's what you're spending a lot of your time dealing with. That that was that's initially when the cards came in. That was what the issue was, and those numbers have kept up since then. They haven't they haven't reduced. They haven't increased any further. But that's what we're afraid of. It's what will come with with increased use of of what what they're calling the free GP cards, but we what we might term GP free cards because you, there isn't enough appointments available for people that need them. Is it possible though that because of COVID and because of RSV, particularly in children, that that is an is a proper increase that you might expect, and that it will, with the departure of RSV and the pa- pandemic waning, that those numbers will naturally fall? No, there was a twelve there was a twelve month period path where the, where that increase was 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 noted over the, over the twelve months over the full. Like 12 when months. there was no RSV knocking around. Well, there would be an RSV for some of it, but not RSV isn't a 12-month All right. Condition. Well, uh, something's got to be done, as you say. Dr. Gary Stack, Kerry GP and South Dock Medical... The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk. Rector.